Kia all. Just doing a live with Elise today um, when she hops in. And what we're going to be talking about a bit is, for the most part, just kind of ideas and exploring um, the topic of Dear Velvet Supplements. Um, we've both used Dear Velvet uh, a bit now. Hello. We good? Yeah. How are you? Yeah, me actually. Um, yeah. I'll do a quick tangent before we get on to Dear Velvet. But basically, I had a long yarn with Joe Scola this morning um, from YZ Kiko. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's mad. It was great. Um, real good chat. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, what we do is, so I thought we'd kind of um, break in with a uh, loose chat, just fix a couple of things. On, so Dear Velvet on the whole, um, uh, kind of how we got access into it at the cave and then kind of just any off the cut, like just, just kind of anecdotal report sort of thing that you had from it. And I'll talk mm -hmm. a bit about what I thought and what Sean thought and such. Um, I figured that would be fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. So, cool. basically, uh, dear development, obviously, it's, it's, the, it's the tips. Well, it's, it's the horns itself um, from deer. It's the antlers. Um, I don't know if they'll take offense if we call it horns. But anyway, it's, it's antlers. Um, antlers? <laughs> And in this case, uh, the the product that we got in was from Canes Farm. So it's actually Sam Canes. He's a friend of Liam's. Um, back, I guess, when they were both playing for the Chiefs. Um, I don't know if they are playing for the All Blacks at the same time or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, it sounds like both of those guys have been on it for a good number of years now. Um, that sounds about right, Elise? Yes. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I think you said that, um, yeah, on it for a good time. Um, fun facts, didn't, didn't fail any drug tests or anything on it. So it is it is passing um, as required, I guess you'd say. It's it's not a special sport tested one. However, um, yeah, like essentially there's good confidence in the fact that we know the supply chain. It's literally the family farm. Animals are harvested on site. I believe they're actually uh, processing on site. They've got like the little factory there where they freeze dry it and stuff like that. Um, and, and yeah, then it's an alcohol extraction. So I really like that because we can know the kind of sourcing supply chain. Um, and and when you're dealing with things like deer antler specific components, uh, so closer to the head. Uh, we'll have more kind of collagen ratio and yeah. the tips. Um, yeah, the tips Tips were more, well, higher rates of IGF-1 as far as I saw, mentioning like growth factor. Was there any other like key differences that you saw when you're reading around? Um, yeah, kind of same thing, the IGF-1. Um, I think the tips as well, Maybe more where the blood is. Yeah. No. So, yeah, yeah, kind of. It's, yeah. Um, so for the period of time, the animal is essentially live. It's 
full tissue and then it slowly calcifies and it seems to calcify more from the base upwards somewhat um, and I think that's why they, they harvest the tips because the tips have more of that fresh um, it's, got, it's got more of those uh, compounds like IGF-1 that are very growth promoting and that's how, how the antlers themselves are growing so incredibly fast um, Yes uh, we'll just answer some questions real quick. Um, I'll get to the what does their antler do, uh, but we'll probably just clarify there's not much in the way of human research. There's a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we we couldn't really confidently, I don't think anyone could make a confident claim such that like deer antler, not like we have with protein or creatine, I'll put it that way, such that deer antler does yeah. It seems to be like we've got a lot of compounds going in there. It's almost like uh, a multivitamin shot. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got a whole bunch of different amino acids. We've got um, this is actually particular interest for someone like me and some neutrophics. We've got a whole bunch of phosphatidylcholine types. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you remember, that's like neuronal membrane building block stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all sorts. And so it, it it's doing a little bit of everything, and that's probably why it starts to get that reputation side as like in the traditional Chinese medicine. And then uh, so the Russians actually classified it as an adaptogen, much like we would rhodiola or eulothera. Yeah. Like a fort of fire. That's really interesting. Like, yeah. Um, I think like what it comes down to is that when, from what I've seen with these uh, more Eastern cultures, shall we say, if something is just a bit of a generalist case and you just want it to be like a healthy, high-functioning human, then they kind of put it in that adaptogen category where it's like, that can just help you handle life, um, which is... It, it, interesting. It's a big pot, though, I guess I would say. Um, so, it's a very so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's pretty different to rhodiola or yellow or something like that that we would also classify in there. Um, yeah. What, what we'll probably say, um, do we want to go into kind of like how, how you ran it? So, you go into your yeah. dosing, how long, and just kind of essentially that process that you went through. Easy. So uh, I started originally at two caps for a week mm-hmm. and didn't really notice a heck of a lot of change. I think this was also at the same time that I started taking other joint support stuff as well. So that was kind of, I kind of noticed a bit of a change in energy, but it was hard to differentiate if it was purely down to the deer velvet or also down to the other things I started to take. Yeah. What were um, the other joint support things, just so that we can... Uh, on, on the Nutribio joint... Ah, uh, yeah. Extreme joint. Support yeah. max. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also the Epimendium. Mm-hmm. But I'd been running that uh, for a long time anyway, so that should have been a consistent at that stage. Yeah, you'd, you'd um, been on that but, for a couple months by that time the uh, yeah. medium aka horny goat weed yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, so I, I'd say like yeah 
off the cuff, I'd say, in terms of how we consider the factors, the if medium by that time, like I'm, I'm usually like quite leveled out in terms of very stable feeling yep. day to day uh, with horny goat weed. Um, so I wouldn't expect a noticeable change because of that at that point. No. Um, the yeah, the extreme joint care maybe like there there is bits and pieces of a lot. I found it quite subtle uh, when I ran extreme joint care. It had been over a year ago. It was like a, it was about a winter a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. It was more just that my joint stopped giving me stress, <laughs> which was yeah. good. Um, yeah. But yeah, certainly no energy uptake or anything like that. So, um, so what dosing were you doing initially, and how long? Two caps for a week, and then I went up to four caps after that. Yeah. Um, for about three weeks. Was that morning or evening? I was taking them in the morning. Yeah. Cool. And quite quickly, within two days, I was noticing the energy increase yeah so working big days and waking up from my alarm ready to jump out of bed essentially not wanting to snooze it three times yeah so that That's was pretty big and then also yeah do you want to disclose what time your alarm goes off because most <laughs> people would not survive at that time 345 <laughs> 345 oh man okay the other day i was I think Sean and I, when we were up, we did the, like an all-nighter doing that trip, that trailer load down yeah. my section. I think we sent you yeah. a screenshot at like 4 a.m. or something. It was like, did the jocko go get it? And we're like, aha, we're up before at least. But um, apparently not. Um, no. Anyway. No. So Almost. You basically yeah. you get up, up in the, I guess, not the middle of the night, but... Um, that's that's still night time in my books, but um, it, okay. it feels like so, night time. <laughs> feeling like you can pop out of bed. That's pretty good yeah. at three forty-five a.m. Um, yeah. And would, did you notice a difference when you increased the dose? Yeah. So from two to four was quite a big difference. Two, I was kind of borderline. I was like, oh, is it? It's it was too subtle to tell. Four, I was. Yeah. Confident, yeah, yeah, yeah. So two two capsules, and I believe these are five hundred megs per capsule, aren't they? Do you have a yeah. bottle handy? Sure. I can. Two seconds. Yeah. Basically, I think they're five hundred per uh, per capsule, and the sourcing from the Cairns farm is a deer selectively bred for it and for higher bio, bioactive component. And they also, um, they go in for the tips quite specifically. I, there's the kind of top, there's multiple grading points of where they can chop off to get different compounds. And this is the, the very tips sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what's, the, what's the back of the bottle say just for, um, in terms of how they're declaring their potency? So amount per serving, 500 megs of 100% premium whole dried deer velvet. Mm -hmm. Serving size is like one cap. Yeah. Does it specify like the ratio of extraction or something? 
Um, I think eighteen fifty megs unprocessed, which yeah, turns I guess. So, to five hundred megs dried and processed. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so that's we're talking eighteen fifty to five hundred. Golly, quick math. So yeah, it's like four to one. Um, it's it's just shy of the four to one. Uh, yeah, so, I did make a note of that something. Yeah, approximately just, like. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a straight freeze-dried extract, so uh, it's probably worth mentioning in that like, there's a lot of different extraction processes for deer velvet out there that I've read about. Like there's, there's yeah. standard alcohol extracts, but uh, there's some interesting fermentation ones I saw. Did you see any? stood out? Uh, the pantocrine, which was the alcohol one. Yeah. That one yeah. seemed quite popular alongside the freeze-dried caps as well. Yeah, from what I read, that's, that's the Russian-developed one. Um, mm. And was, uh, I think there's an ethanol extract at a one-to-one -one ratio. Uh, well, yeah. As, in, as one ethanol to uh, I need to check the literature again. Either way, it's, it's an ethanol and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a one-to-one -one ethanol and water. Um, the pentacrine is a one-to-one. -one. Yeah. 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 That, and there seems to be more literature on that, but it's worth noting that this is different to that. If it's, it's just a freeze-dried, so you're kind of getting like the raw um it's almost raw yeah um okay and then and so that is reasonably decent dosing i believe i was dosing six caps a day i just went straight for so liam who's a much bigger guy than me but um he is just he, he really likes the six caps a day um which is the specified max dose and so I was like, I'll dive in and give this a go. Let's, let's hit it hard and see how it goes. Especially yeah. because it has quite a, there's, there's not really a safety concern for high doses. Um, no. At least the reading that I've seen. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I went in. I enjoyed it quite a lot too, actually. It was fairly subtle for me. It probably wasn't as significant for me as it was for you. However, I'm mm -hmm. running things like NAD precursors consistently. So um, yeah. very different baselines um, and that energy type effect pretty, like, yeah, I, I kind of agree where you've mentioned to me before we, we actually popped it out in the real, you felt the same, like stable. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that somewhat lines up with my experience too. I, I did feel very stable on it, as in just kind of like muscle recovery was pretty good. Everything was pretty mm -hmm. good. Um, I would say, like if I was having a really good month, maybe like a lot of good outside time or uh, mm -hmm. just, just generally on top of my health well, this could be somewhat mixed up with a placebo. Um, yeah. In terms of what I was notice, noticing, um, mm -hmm. it, it probably wasn't quite as stark for me, but it, overall, I, yeah, 
I, I think I got something. Yeah, put it that way. Um, yeah. Especially because doing a lot of sumo with Dwight and the once I took the break off it, this is standard uh, small sample size anecdotal reporting, but once I took the break off it, my recovery from those sumo sessions was nowhere near as good. Um, and, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's not yeah, like I, yeah. yeah, I, I had to sit down and reflect the other day and I was thinking, okay, what's my, what's my time things around it? And it was an after the fact, I didn't think about it at the time, but after the fact, it's like, oh, I actually, there was a good period of weeks, about that month where I was dosing really high, which I was handling the sumo sessions quite well and not feeling mm -hmm. completely like locked up in my back and neck all week. And yeah. then off it, the last few weeks uh, before coming down here to Brady, yeah, I was I was back so locked up. Um, somewhat justified, I think, when you fight big men and you're a small man. But, um, <laughs> but I prefer to not be. <laughs> um, yeah. The few. Yeah. Um, we've got to get you in the sumo sometime, too. Um, but, uh, oh, so okay. Um... <laughs> Looking around the research, um, and won't go too deep or make any big, big claims, but when you were looking at the research, what were the things that kind of stood out the most to you as maybe what's contributing a lot? I guess the big ones would be mostly around how it's full of amino acids and it's got the choline in there because um, it's got all of the blood and connective tissue um, and the like it's just full of stuff that well, your body yeah, already the, has the collagen product the collagen, yeah collagen yeah, yeah. So, um, so that would make the multivitamin type like the, or, or even like multivitamin yes. slash green supplement type ethos, um, which, yeah, I agree. That is, it's a fairly convincing argument um, as to why it would be contributing, just essentially because it is contributing nutritional building blocks. And I guess the call on that is that it's quite safe that we can say that because we know it has these things in it. And yeah. the Doses aren't massive when you're considering normal dosing ranges. Um, like the EAA sort of side, you'd kind of, you'd easily get double to and something triple the amount of amino acids like leucine, et cetera, if you had an a EAA, like a yes. amino acid supplement. But yeah, you're doing a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a catch-all approach with the deer antler in that respect on the nutritional side. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, an interesting one on those cholines um, that I found interesting, at least, because they're all the interesting group, but the, because, how do we, how do we go this? Phosphatidylcholines is actually a family group. It's not a single um, compound, and it's like the phosphatidylcholine is something that is bound to other compounds and depending on what they are they can be more or less potent and it seems some of these that are found in the deer antler appear to be very potent in animal studies um, including, yeah I saw that as well yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, and that was that was kind of news to me because I hadn't seen that many other things that have high potency in that way. Um, that could even, like, at these dosages, could even be relevant to animal studies. They probably classify here that this is animal research, not human. Um, yeah, there was but, very little human research, hey. Well, especially it's the challenge is that it's quite difficult to do human research on cognitive mechanisms yes. because we can't chop open people's brains as willingly as people <laughs> chop open rats' brains, yeah. um, for better or worse. Uh, but yeah, there was some what well, at least seemed to be signal in monoamine oxidase inhibition activity, which could be related to that pepping up and mood. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, just other good building blocks for neuronal health. Mm. Um, what did you think on the immune side? Um, cause that's, that's probably the one area I haven't dived too much into the literature on side, but there seems to be a general consensus in the animal studies that the immune is, immune health side is good. Yeah. I mean, that was actually one I had a question for you about because... Yep. From what I could see, so like obviously traditional oriental and traditional Chinese medicine yeah. indicates that it supports the levels of red and white blood cells and just the production of blood cells, which is yeah. I'm guessing why it's so good on that immune support side. Um, but then it kind of went into say, especially T and B cells and macrophages. So if you want to just clarify that a little Uh, bit this explains why you're asking about immune system stuff yesterday um yeah uh essentially so that's on your white blood cells sort of side um and they each have different roles in identifying and cleaning out um viruses etc more is not always better but it often we need more um, is probably okay. a good statement, uh, okay. especially because things like macrophages can get kind of used up somewhat in the process of using them. Um, I'd I'd say so. I I did see actually a little bit of literature around that where it wasn't just in the traditional medicines that supported that. There was some support again in animal studies. Um, yeah. that there was increased uh, red and white blood cell count. Um, the red blood cell count is an interesting one, uh, which basically would just, it would facilitate oxygen carrying more. Again, that's always a more is better case. Uh, would that, but, that be partly why it's said to support the cardiovascular system then? Yes, I believe that's, that's where they yeah. start to make those claims. I, yeah. I don't know if I would go so far as to say that myself um yeah there there is also some vasodilation evidence though and that is um that's probably more convincing as to the good cardiovascular sort of side because you're helping with the blood flow in that respect but um someone is overly low in red blood cell count you don't want to crank it too high what would happen? Well, you start to get uh, thickening of the blood 
essentially. Like, like two, you can get too many, and this is an issue that many TUD users have, and they do, you essentially kind of do like a bloodletting procedure, or there's a proper term for it, but they draw out the total blood, they spin apart um, the red blood cells from the rest, and then they put it back in. Um, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, if your blood's too thick, then you run into blood pressure issues. Um, mm -hmm. Amongst other challenges, but um, there is also the counter argument is uh, um, high altitude training. So that's what athletes are specifically trying to do there is increase their red blood cell count a bit. Um, so if you go up to high altitude, there's less oxygen, your body responds by increasing its red blood cell count to allow it to to carry enough oxygen around and then they go down to normal altitudes where the race is and they've got this sure. better oxygen carrying capacity. But I think this is where I'm delving a bit outside my knowledge and would probably have to ask guys like friends in the UK that we have that know the PUD side better that scale. This is like scale is everything. So um, I guess the ideal picture is, is that the deer velvet it's putting you in the scale of the altitude training and not way past into the issues of blood pressure. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you yeah. mean with that. Yeah. But, um, but I would also be curious to see what these cyclists and runners are doing. Uh, yeah. Like how their blood pressure actually is. Like maybe, maybe their performance is really good for that race day, but maybe they are actually dealing with higher blood pressure issues because of higher red blood cell count. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that does, on the immune system side, though, I think the increase in macrophage and other activity, that lines up with many other um, natural, what's, how do we say, herbal compounds, etc., supporting those. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that can be leveraged reasonably easy and... Uh, within the realm of non-pharmaceutical drugs and so sure. it's it's something I'm, I'm easier to be convinced of I guess um, but uh, probably the other so how much did you look at the IGF-1 because that's actually my primary interest in it um, that's yeah I was just about to circle back to that actually because um, that was one of the questions that came through when I put the little thingy on the on my story. Um, so I saw the studies that they did on the rabbits and the mice and the rats and that kind of thing, and it showed significant growth in male adolescent and all that kind of stuff, like the different stages of the rats and the mice and things. So I saw the growth benefits, but can you kind of, do you want to delve a bit deeper into why? Yeah, so probably um, just to check if we're loosely on the same page of studies, when you saw significant growth increases, do you, like, do you remember roughly the sort of ballpark and in growth increases that you're looking at? I didn't put down the exact ones. Hmm. Um, well, but for most there was longitudinal 
bone growth in adolescent male rats and, and female rats physical and neurological development of of, of the offspring. I've got the thing, but I need to exit yeah. out of this yeah. to see it. Yeah, no. But, no um, yeah. So, uh, I'm just I'm just torturing you during it out. So I can say uh, from the studies that I kind of looked at um, at pretty high doses of what would contain by with starting. Uh, not high doses IGF one, but high doses of the deer antler. They were starting to get indications. Say. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you start to get indications of that increase in growth, and that was within the realm of compared to control the lot like the rats on the higher end dose were on the order of five percent heavier. Mm. Um, and this is over a period of a few weeks, and they're all putting on a lot of mass. But I think I remember reading over five days, they got 2,000 grams or something over five days, and there was an increase in size. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd put, so for the most part, these are growing rats already, so they're at a growth stage in their life cycle, which I think is important to clarify. Um, sure. Not as many of us would be when we were taking it. The other thing is doses were reasonably high, but I think the long story short on that is that there seems to be, there is, we know there's insulin like growth factor one present. Mm -hmm. I believe it as some IGF two as well, but um, less confident slash I need to check the reading around there. Um, but the IGF one seems to be the hot spot of interest. That is why it is banned as a um, as a PED in many countries within sports because IGF-1 is banned because it does help promote muscle anabolism, growth, recovery, all sorts. Mm -hmm. um, it's also really good for diabetics. Uh, and, yeah. Well, oh, I'm going to clarify that probably. It helps manage... Uh, yeah, but I think it's important. Um, it helps manage symptoms somewhat of, di of a diabetic uh, in the sense that it helps manage their blood sugars better because it is an insulin-like growth factor. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've actually given that to humans at high doses and found benefit. And so I think that's um, these were type 2 diabetic humans. Um, so that is, it's noteworthy that it can be within a realm of, I would call clinical significance, um, mm -hmm. not being a researcher or clinician myself, but I would call it that. Um, and if you start to look at actual IGF-1 content, mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly not in the realm that you would get with your bodybuilding community, but it's sure. not nothing. And so I, I would, yeah, I would very much believe the side where someone might notice improved recovery, but you're not going to be going to Mr. Olympia because of this. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, and for your side, because you train quite hard, um, what is your, if you could, present a case like a, a 
base framework. So you're dealing with you noticed improved recovery, correct? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. doing sessions that normally I would be burning out by the end of the week and have not much left in the tank. Um, being able to be consistent and then still pull through on Friday and Saturday, have my recovery day on Sunday and be ready to hit the week again the following. Just that similar story of being feeling consistent every day yeah. and not feeling too like up and down. Um, yeah, and, and muscles just seem to have still some like energy left in them. They were still able to push. I would say like, and, uh, like endurance be... wise as well. Hmm. Yeah. Crying so that people understand context here. Uh, what is a loose idea of your sort of training that you're doing daily or over the week? Because <laughs> well. this is not. Because I think that's the context that uh, we need to understand. This is not sort of like going into the gym for 45 minutes once a day, a few times a week sort of training. Um, no. This is a lot more. Um, oh, gosh. Okay, so five strength trainings a week consisting of about an hour, um, two Olympic lifting sessions of an hour each, two runs and two, like – cardio crossfit style wads with cardio strength incorporated yeah so, so about two trainings five, a day yeah yeah okay two trainings a day each of about an hour yeah at least an hour yeah. and if we were to describe yeah. approximate intensities where uh, a session is a power lifter intensity of three minute breaks versus well five minutes it breaks down <laughs> versus <laughs> crossfit intensity i swear some of those power lifters they could take a micro nap well I'll tell you what, if they had a kid they they would start doing micro napping in those five minutes because um, i would take a five minute micro nap um anyway um now i'm thinking about napping um finn kept us up since like 3 30 this morning um anyway oh no yeah so um, but yes, just because he's got the good IGF-1 content growing well. Um, but uh, yeah, so what was your... Intensity level. Like? The Olympic lifting is a lot more chill. That's pretty much good. No more than five reps before a rest. Because um, it's working on quality, not quantity. So yeah. those two are fairly chill. They're like a six to seven out of ten. Um, strength yeah. trainings anywhere between 60 to 2 minutes of rest yeah. like 60 seconds to 2 minutes of rest and yeah. then the running is obviously pretty intense and the two wads are pretty intense it's very little to no yeah. rest in those two yeah so and and so then when we're talking muscle fatigue sort of levels like the next day after oh. a league's day are you expecting expecting to suffer walking around? No, but partly because my training's used to it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that, it's strategic. It's good to clarify. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this is kind of what we're working with. We were like very trained muscle that is quite used to the suffering. And then mm. how would you 
create a sort of comparison of your suffering. Um, I like this suffering scale of your suffering with and without the deer antler run. Oh, good question. Okay, with the without the deer antler, I would say by Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm doing it to do it. Yeah. Probably You're suffering is. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting it done. With the deer antler, I was still enjoying it, thinking, oh, maybe I will chuck another plate on today. Yeah. You know, so, like, yeah. Yeah. Muscles I were feeling think... tired. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can feel my muscles still, mm. but they're not to, to the point of take a rest day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, it's almost almost nearly exactly in line with creatine type feedbacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I would put it within that creatine scale of if that that noticing it's just you're recovering a little bit better and the stuff like you're sore but it's not debilitating as much. Yes. Um, yeah. And that was very much yeah that was where I was too so I was um, weird at the time as like two sumos a week and mm. frankly not doing that much other training um but things here and there i as as you kind of know i do a lot of physical stuff regardless just working on the house and, and even, um, even the sumo like that would be intense duration well, yeah like it, it, we're, we're going until we're cooked completely like mm. definition of till failure and um and the sumo for me like I'm 70 kilos on a good day and a good day being a heavy day. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dwight's is 107 to 110, depending on a good day. And a good day being 110. Um, yeah. We like to be heavy. Um, well, if I can even claim that, that's 70 kilos. But anyway, um, so but I'm working pretty hard to... to kind of just stay in the ring with them to even be relevant yeah. and so that means that I'm going all out um, and yeah yeah I think um, I can confidently say that I was pleased with my recovery during that period taking it and I'm running creatine and you know NMN stuff like that in general and yeah. this was in, uh, yeah. I think a difference yeah I would agree. Yeah. Do, um, Not taking yeah, nearly as yeah. much as you are, but on creatine, protein, that stuff, I did notice the difference as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like an on top of. And yeah. The, and I, I hope that kind of provides a sort of context realm that we're working with. Um, like in terms of IGF-1 dosing, for example, at the higher six capsules, I would expect to still be taking in like less than a tenth of the IGF-1 that a, a professional bodybuilder would. Um, I'd need to confirm what these guys are actually taking with someone who's on the scene a bit tighter. Cause the yeah, it's a is never... yeah, the thing is, is that what is reported as what is happening in the scene is never actually what's happening in the scene is something I've learned. Um, and these days, guys are on fairly high levels of compounds of growth hormone, IGF-1, yeah, all sorts. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, is this is there anything that you would say to kind of um, wrap up um, thoughts thoughts around it? Questions, things that you're suspicious of. Um, I think complaints. It's been no complaints. <laughs> it's been great as like a additional tool for recovery and support and energy. Um, I'm curious on some of its claims. Like I did notice for myself, immune and anti fatigue, health joint, recovery of tissue damage, support for performance and like the cognitive side, I did notice those. Um, but then a couple of the other things, the anti-aging effects, for example, I'd be curious to know more on those. Like, it's just under-researched yeah. in some ways. So I think it's been enjoying yeah. it and I've noticed benefits, but I'm also, yeah. I think, I, I think, I think it would be interesting on... to learn more on it. Yeah, I think the thing on the anti-aging suicide, it's always context-dependent, and this one I'm finding myself yap on a lot about at the moment, just because we're talking about the enemy and stuff. But um, yeah. but uh, because a lot of those things like supporting joint health is in essence anti-aging, because joint health um, degrades in itself over time. Um, yeah. For the record, the mechanisms which we suspect it enhances helps with joint health, and is it has a uh, not insignificant but not mega dose level of collagens. And yeah. um, and also there's some indications for actually I, I'd give seven thing indications. We've got evidence for anti-inflammatory mechanisms at play. Yeah. Um, but it was it's at such a level that it is not more, more significant than current like rheumatoid arthritis medications, etc. Um, so that's kind of the there are two human trials investigating it, so that should provide some signal for, look, there is companies with big money trying, like, investing money to see if this is viable, so that, um, I, I hope that gives some signal, at least, that it's like, hey, look, this isn't nothing, um, yeah. and people are willing to put a lot of money on the line to, say that, to see if it's not just nothing. Um, but it does seem to be a mild anti-inflammatory effect. I wouldn't compare it to anything as significant as curcumin myself. Yeah, no, I'd agree there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the other one, the standard, uh, so the New Zealand, they're essentially the New Zealand deer antler group. Um, that kind of, they're almost like the marketing PR firm of, actually they do all the deer products in New Zealand. Um, they just kind of represent the body. They're very careful on claims um, and they want to make clear that stuff is not as substantiated in humans, but um, they're quite clear that we do not have strong evidence for hormonal function, um, mm -hmm. for altering hormonal function on it. I would say Totally, we perhaps notice some modulation, but there could be all sorts of pathways going on there. Um, Did you 
notice anything on that side of it? Well, well this is this is where we get into the comical chat. Um, but and just in time for Campbell to hop in and see. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna job Sean in here too. So um, yeah, here at the cave, we view uh, aged males no longer in puberty having wet dreams as an extremely good sign. We love that. That is like. Man, you must be pounding it out. And that's not clinical evidence or anything like that. But for whatever reason, the body is saying, I am good to go. And um, <laughs> both Sean and I, so I, I had a wet dream maybe two weeks in. I don't get wet dreams all the time. This isn't a thing. I had it, uh, we did a really high dose of Tadoja. I had a wet mm -hmm. dream. Uh, I love those style finishing. Um, uh, <laughs> I finished that night. Anyway, um, uh, but um, on a really high dose of Tadoja, a wet dream, and that's like, that's about as hormonally active as any herb has ever been for me. Absolutely mm -hmm. right. Tadoja. Um, and then other than that, not since I was a young teenager. Um, and this is, it was interesting because I was like, huh, that's some signal. And then a couple weeks later, Sean comes into the store and he's like, dude, because he's always like, I don't know how you get these things. I don't, he doesn't quite have the same level of response to these things as me. And then a couple weeks later, he comes in and is like, bro, I had a wet dream last night. And so this is two uh, 26, 27 year old males. This is not normal. We're sexually active um, without going into details, but it's not like going long spells. Um, yeah. And so, um, to me, that indicates some hormonal activity is going on, and that's, there's probably a reason why there is some law around it. It's just, it's just clearly not as solid as many other things. Um, and, and that was taking the deer velvet that you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part, uh, I, I, again, I... I'd have to check my logs, but um, I think I was just running F medium at the time too. Uh, oh, sure. Not the most hormonally um, driven, and I'd also been running it for an extended period of time. It's, it's not something I'd ever expected from that. Um, mm -hmm. So interesting, sure. But yeah. that was on yeah. six packs as well, eh? So you were on that the very high dosages. Yeah. And I will disclose occasionally there was a bit higher than six caps for the science, um, but the consistent daily was six caps. What was the highest dose you took? Uh, uh, I did um, I did twelve caps one day just to see if we had to have any guts distress or any other issues to split those. So six six in the midday, six in the evening. Um, and all good no issues yeah yeah it was fantastic um no issues it was the next day i was like maybe i am feeling a little bit like a randy deer but it, hard to say um uh certainly not yeah strong convincing um but yeah so that's probably what i'd say like anecdotal um side uh we've had some experience with indication of hormonal activity and uh, I think I can out Liam uh, he thinks that there's some hormonal activity going on in himself 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there is not good evidence to say so, and so we're certainly not going to be recommending it for that application. Because there are other things that you can take for that as well, hey? Like your Fedosia yeah. and... Yeah, more, more convincing. Um, yeah, things that we can be more confident about is probably what we'd say. Yeah. That's kind of like an extra thing to be aware of when, if you start taking this, rather than I want to take it for that. Yeah. Is that fair? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's maybe something like, ah, just keep an eye on If you notice anything, we would be very interested to know. Yeah. Um, but it's, I guess maybe I don't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's a good little caveat to have out as, there on it. We certainly were surprised. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I assume you didn't have any wet dreams, Elise. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, on that note, I think we can wrap up. Um, I quite enjoyed it. I'll probably be interested to run it again. It's it wasn't my it's not my most standout herb compound I've ever had, um, but it was it's pleasing, and I can see how it'd be a good part of a just regular routine. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a foundational supplement, much like creatine. View as a foundational supplement. Yeah. Kind of like a feel good. You just feel good on it. Yeah. Um, pricing is a little bit on the higher side um, to achieve like the decent dosing, but um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what you get, um, especially yeah. with the sort of product. There's a lot of quality control that has to go into making sure that these are harvested properly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and that's what. What I do like about this one is that you do know, like you said at the start, you know where it's come from, you know how it's sourced. Yeah, nice tight supply yeah. chain. And that's that's why I really look for in, um, why any herb or product really, if you have a nice tight supply chain, there's less things to go wrong and um, that is pleasing. I'll let you carry on with the day. Um, I think that was Easy. a good chat. Um, yeah, that's good. Spicy wrap up. And, um, <laughs> yeah, if anyone has any further questions on the deer antler, then do let us know. I think we kind mm. of loosely addressed the questions that the cave got asked, and you didn't have any others, did you? That's covered all of them. Cool. All right. Yeah. In that case, cool. I'll see you next time. See you later.